2121, we watched Las Vegas Lady, 1975. Oh, so, uh, yeah, man. I love that movie. Directed by Noel Nosek. Noel Nosek. Starring yeah. Stella Stevens. Yes, it did. And it, it was like a, they were sort of like hired to do a heist. And remember, it was ridiculous. Why would they give the guy the money? Just heist well, the money. Yeah. This guy, like a Charlie Angel guy, who's right. like, hey, angels, here's your mission. Steal a million dollars and you get to keep a hundred of it. it. Right, right. Yeah. He, there isn't even a, he's not even a participant. He doesn't lift a figure. No, no, no. He, he got the tip and they get a cut. Yeah. Okay. There's a guy in it named Jack Gordon. Okay. And I, that's the same name of the guy who married Latoya Jackson. Remember? So I was trying to look at his face. You know, his IMDB says nothing about Latoya Jackson, you see. And then I went and Googled him to see what movies he was in, if any. I think it, it's this, if you look at the picture, you know, watch him in the film. I think it's the same guy. You know what I'm talking about? No, I do. I do. He's kind you remember of... the Maytag repairman? Uh, Gordon Jump? He was in it. Um, oh. Jesse, no, Jesse White played a guy named Big Jake, and he was that guy in the commercials for Maytag. Yeah, yeah, but I'm more of a Gordon Jump new guy kind of person. That was before my time. Okay, Mike, I want you to take over, and you can be the one. I mean, I'm doing a lot of effort here. Yeah, okay. Here, why don't you take a breath? Oh, wait. Okay, so anyway, so Los Angeles, so one thing I like about that movie, are you tossing that up? I thought it was good. It was a good heist. The criminals were kind of vile. Remember, like, the criminals, like, I want you to kill him. And the guy is, like, his employer. Like, yeah. It's, like, yeah, he's the boss, and his, uh, like. Yeah, but it, uh, in charge of a casino. Remember, he slapped the guy? Yeah. Like, and he it was, was like, quit the next day. Now, this was like, we saw a Pia Zazora movie, uh, Fake Out, where it said starring the MGM Grand as itself or whatever. It got right. its own credit. And this was the same deal. It was Circus Circus, but right. I think it was a, another hotel. Uh, You're right. Circus yeah. Circus. Was it Circus Circus that got the, the opening credit? No, I, think uh, I don't remember that part. It was a different... Yeah, so it's in there. So it's an interesting movie. It's basically... I don't know. The guy who, who was hanging out with them was the one mastermind behind it. It's, it's pretty, the love yeah. interest. Now, at the end, this was a bad movie. Inter it was. It didn't make yeah. sense in the it real world. It didn't make world. sense. And there were, it was a sadistic little film, too. You got to the end, right? And all of a sudden, for the last five minutes, it turns into a good film. Do you remember that? He's got the girl. It's going, I'm going to shoot her if you don't give me the whatever. Remember? And so yeah. our hero goes, shoot her then. <laughs> I could care less about this broad, you know? And she's like, what? You know, and I, I remember, I forget, you know, he lost his nerve because he's like, what do you mean killer? Because that was his bargaining chip, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. And so he sort of shrinks away and, and he, uh, our hero gets the best of him, you know? And then there's this funny exchange. What do you mean? You know, I was just kidding, baby. You know, I'm trying to save you. <laughs> it, it became a good film in the last five minutes. I don't know. I mean, there was, it, it was also practical effects or climbing up uh, casino walls outside. The, yeah, yeah. Was the, that so, was her role. So if you like Ocean's Eleven films, this is definitely uh, something to check out. And Stella Stevens is really good in it. I, I, I like her a lot in it. 
No? Okay. I, I don't stand corrected. She's great. Okay. She's, if you yeah. like Ocean's Eleven's films... Las Vegas Lady is, should be avoided. This is a film. Like Las, like Ocean's Eleven, it has a beginning right. and end. Yeah. Imagine if Ocean's Eleven was like really just like bad and you didn't believe it and stuff. Remember they met at the the a Wild West uh meeting? That's yeah, there's like a little yeah, a Wild West in Las Vegas, and that's that's the hero, and he actually looks like the rifleman at times. But the thing is, you remember she gets she accesses the hotel room and, and the other woman's all stuck inside hiding. Yeah. And then the woman scales and comes through the window. But the thing is, if she had access to go right into the room, why did the lady need to scale up the building? You see, because well, I'm 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 visioning it because he climbs she climbs up and when she's in the room, she's she knocks on the door and the, the woman outside the hallway opens the door for her, like, thanks for coming in. Yeah, well, they get in there and then they're like one of the girls is like pretending to be like a hostess uh, to the villain and they're really cruel to her. It's yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, I don't know. So it's definitely uh, so you go from racing. This movie came before King of the Mountains. So he went from like heist, Vegas heist movie yeah, yeah, to yeah. Mahalan Drive, Laurel Heights. Well, uh, he Laurel was Canyon. getting better. Yeah. All right. Well, a little cliffhanger. We got another one of his films coming down the line. Uh -huh. The next Milk uh, movie we did on March 28th. It was from 1987. It's a really strange film called Stranded. Right. So from the title, you go, oh, man, those poor bums. But it's basically <laughs> like aliens landing on yeah. Earth. And right. one of the aliens is played by Flea, consistent yep. actor Flea. I just it's saw another 1986 movie with him, Tough Guys. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing. And like uh, it's the one with Kirk. Ka uh, fuck, you know this movie. It's there. Uh, anyway, it's Burke Lancaster. And, Can I see uh, it? No, don't. Don't. Right. You'll see it on cable. You know what I mean? It's always plays on cable. But it had like Halel, uh, the original band member from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Anyway, uh -huh. getting back to Stranded, <laughs> it's a really strange film. It's like a family yeah. in a house and they're getting like premonitions, but the aliens arrive. Uh, and also by Strange, I mean, I don't, who cares? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's our review. We got to keep wait, moving on. No, wait. yes, sir. Well, there's so much more. You didn't even mention Iona Sky. Right, and, Iona Sky is in it. Right, right. No, but she Flea introduced Iona Sky to uh, that dude she dated, who Brendan. Uh, Flea was the one who introduced her to the Red Hot Chili Peppers guy, who was like on drugs just before she ma married Ad Rock. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, she married Ad Rock. Are you talking about not Halel, the one who passed away? I think was it Anthony Kiedis? Oh, okay, yeah, it was Anthony Kiedis, yes. 24 years old and fresh out of rehab. He became Sky's first boyfriend until 89 for two years. She left him because he had drug issues for Adam Horowitz. During the rap party of this movie, Flea introduced them. Okay, oh. that's, yeah. Okay, so this movie has an upside. No, wait, no, and no, no, he was a drug addict. And Okay, so... Maureen O'Sullivan was in this, also the mother of, you know, from Bonzo Goes to College, Mia Farrah's mother. Um, she had just done Hannah and her sisters, and she said, sci-fi is nothing I have never done. Oh, oh. yes, I'll take the role. Okay, so, so uh, you're uh, auditioning for the role 
what have you been doing lately? Uh, I just did a Woody Allen movie like two days ago. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. You're in. You're hired. Uh, Joe Morton. Remember? Yeah, from that's right. Joe Morton. Movie? Yeah. Um, Brother from another planet. Yeah. And the, he, he, uh, he, I, I think he really tried. I remember him trying in that movie. He was like an FBI oh, yeah. agent. And oh, he, he really, he like, he gave it some, some movies we watch. You can see the actor saying, I'm all in. I'm in a movie. I'm going to give you a performance. And he was really solid in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, against Flea, just smiling as a like mutant monkey boy. Yeah. He was a monkey alien. What he was like their dude. pet or something. Yeah. Right. Was it Anthony Kiedis? Oh, it, okay. Yeah. It was Anthony Kiedis, yeah. 24 years old and fresh out of rehab. He became Sky's first boyfriend until 89 for two years. She left him because he had drug issues for Adam Horowitz. During the rap party of this movie, Flea introduced them. Okay. Oh. That's, yeah. Okay, so this movie has an upside. No, wait. No, and no. No, he was a drug addict. And he, Okay, so Maureen O'Sullivan was in this, also the mother of, you know, from Bonzo Goes to College, Mia Farrow's mother. Um, she had just done Hannah and her sisters, and she said, Sci-fi is nothing I have never done. Oh, oh. yes, I'll take the role. Okay, so, so uh, you're uh, auditioning for the role. Uh, what have you been doing lately? Uh, I just did a Woody Allen movie like two days ago. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, okay, you're in. You're hired. Uh, Joe Morton, remember? Yeah, that's right, Joe Morton, movie? yeah. Um, Brother from another planet. Yeah, and the, he... he uh, he, I, I think he really tried. I remember him trying in that movie. He was like an oh, FBI yeah. agent, and okay. he he really he like he gave it some some movies we watch. You can see the actor saying, "I'm all in. I'm in a movie. I'm going to give you a performance." And he was really solid in that movie. Yeah, uh, and, and then you know, against Flea, just smiling as a like mutant monkey boy. Yeah. He was a monkey alien. What he was like their dude. pet or something. Yeah. On April fourth, we watched a movie called The Vampire happening which sounds the title is so great because you got vampires and you got hippies or yeah. happening it's my vampire happening and it freaks me out beyond the valley of the dolls uh i don't we skip this film it was i don't so remember bad. it i don't even remember it i was gonna say like other than the title i don't remember it was so that... west german she she goes to the the she was from yeah, that's right. She's a sex porn star who, like, right. they show she's so famous as a porn star, they show her movies on the plane, right? As the in flight movie, <laughs> right? And she lands, horrible. yeah, it's bullshit. Okay, but the next film, oh my god, we could spend all the time in the world, definitely on my top 10 films from the uh last year that we watched three or something. It's House Four, the repossession yeah. from 1994. Right. Now, all four, uh well, at least the yeah, all four of them are on YouTube, and the first one's a classic, and the second one's a classic. But poor Carl, I picked the fourth one for him to watch four or five times and research this. But it's a return to start. We were just talking about Mark Hamill, right? Not Mark Hamill, Harry Hamlin, right? Uh, Beastmaster. I don't think it was him, but a similar looking dude, right? Uh, it was uh, William Cat. Well, yeah, William Cat was in. I was okay. gonna say Beastmaster one. And Beastmaster 4 had the same star. The same with House. House started with uh, William Cat, the greatest American hero. And from the last Wednesday surf movie, he and Carrie, 
he was also he wasn't in the second one the second one was like a cartoonish puppet show with bill maher in it it's 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 on amazon the third one was actually released in the states as a different title and then in europe they just added like it's like called horror movie or some bullshit right and it had nothing to do it was like uh uh it was like some killer attacking family yeah this is the title but house four returns to the house and basically the plot is that you know, you get and you have a house, you inherit a house, and the house is haunted and uh, comedically haunted with a lot of jump scares. So this one tries its damnedest. So basically, and William Cat is in it, and he's in it for a lot of scenes. And Carl, you said he uh, was two days. He did the, everything in two days, <laughs> and, but he they milked it, they wrung him dry, That's and got right. his ma- maximum cat in this movie. Which is a delightful to see his curls again. But the family that gets possessed. So the possession would consist of opening up a pizza box and there's a pizza guy face, face on it. Yeah. In delivery. He did the song. Yeah. Pizza, pizza. I'm a face on pizza. Right. Uh, yeah. And just crazy, like shockers like that. Uh, and then I think it burns but it down. But everything that a horror movie's ever done, like the yeah. hand comes through, grabs her. It was things that didn't make sense to the plot. No, the movie didn't make sense other than they're getting, you know, the house is going nuts. But it wasn't bad. Well, the I music like was by Harry Manfredini. Not Harry Man... Ha- ha- <laughs> I was going to say. Not Henry Mancini. Oh. It was Harry Manfredini. Oh, Harry Manfredini. Next to uh, Ronnie... Uh, and, uh, I was going to... Now, look, the guy... The, two of the guys who worked on the screenplay but really just were writing the story of it one of them is Jim Wynerski, who did Munchie in 92 and Munchie Strikes Back in 94. Which we've watched, yes. Yeah, he was a Roger Corman guy. And the other one is R.J. Robertson, who wrote Munchie Strikes Back. Munchie Strike Back. Hold that thought. We're going to go to our next movie on uh, April uh, 14th, uh, April 18th. This is actually my second favorite movie we saw. <laughs> this is called 92 in the Shade. Speaking of numbers, it came out in 1975. It stars Warren Oates. Yes. In maximum peak Oates form. Yeah. And Peter Fonda. Right. In, in a pretty solid Peter Fonda. No. no. Yeah, sorry, you he hate had, Peter Fonda. He had, well, it's just, it's just who Peter Fonda is. He had no facial expressions. When he got mad, he spoke in a monotone. Right. When he got sad, he spoke in a monotone. When he got good news, he spoke in a monotone. Don't you remember, he goes to Burgess Meredith, and he's, Burgess Meredith says, I'll buy you a boat. I'll buy you a boat. He yeah, goes, right. Thanks. No, he well, goes, he's a, thank you. And then, well, He's a little shit, and he just, like, you know, he goes up, he just, he returns to the town, and he's, like, trying yeah. to make a life of it by telling, like, give me a boat, let, teach a me how boat. to do it. Yeah, teach me how to do it. And even, like, he does, he, he goes, he gets a boat, and he has two tourists on the boat, and he goes out in the water for them, and they're gone. Right. When he gets back, they're having a drink with everyone, and they're all making fun with of their, him. With the enemy, with Warren Oates. Yeah, right. Like, they pulled a prank on him. So he's a, he's a solid loser. For a solid loser movie in, in Florida. In, in the but 80s. remember what he did? Yes, go ahead. He burnt the boat. He burnt Warren Oates', Oates. boat to a crisp and made him Toasted a Oates. Man. Toasted yeah. Oates, yeah. Okay, so... He goes to Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith says, I'll give you the money for this boat, right? So he goes down to the guy to build it. And the guy says, okay, here's my order. You know, 
Yeah. Then he goes back to Burgess Meredith and says, I need the money to pay the guy. And he goes, what money? Get out of my office. <laughs> and then he goes back down to the guy to say, I'm sorry, the deal is off. And the guy says, what are you talking about? He paid this morning in full, like Burgess Meredith was fucking with. But the whole time, Peter Fonda was like, I need the skip boat money. <laughs> I thought he was fine, but I think I Warren Oates. Order. Warren Oates is such an oversized actor that he can take care. Like, he, he was carrying the movie anyway. No, but like, if a guy says to you, like, I'll give you a living, and then you go into his office and says, he goes, screw yeah, you. I'm not, yeah. I never promised. Wouldn't you, as a human, go, what are you talking about? You just told me you would. But no, Peter Fonda did not do that. He said, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, he won an Oscar that year for that. Uh, Margot Kidder was all over this film. She was yeah. the girlfriend. You were but, saying that she married the director, right? Right. This director was having a three-way relationship with his wife and, and this actress who's also in the film. They right. had threesomes. They lived together in Key West and were like husband wife and wife okay i feel like i feel like we got cheated out of a movie <laughs> right yeah he, why didn't you write that script seriously so, but you know but this guy was a uh has a history because he not a history he had a, he wrote the novel that it's based on right yes and then he just kind of disappeared he did a couple movies and well he he but but you see he cheated on his two wives with margot kidder that's right, right. yeah and then he would dump his two wives for Margot Kidder and they would get married and have a kid and move he would move her to Montana and that yeah. would be where she would live for the rest of her life I right. mean he, she, he really changed her life and they were divorced very quickly okay Sylvia Miles was in this and she was in zero to 60 she was the uh, repo person dispatcher yeah. I, I don't know this is a uh... It had a good cast. William Hickey was kind of young in that movie, I guess. He was he looked pretty old because he's he has this famously like cave and old man look when you see right. him. Yeah. Now Sylvia Miles had a relationship with Burgess Meredith in this. Don't you remember how sexual? Yeah, they were was? really cute. It was cute though. They were in the office and playing hanky panky. I don't know. I, I liked the movie. I thought it was interesting. It was definitely. Well, I uh, think the director was a train wreck, and I mean, he yeah. was only married to her for nine months, and they had a baby, and she lives in Montana now. She, she got the role in Superman. She like ended it, you know. I don't know. Okay. Next one in April. Uh, we on April twenty fifth. We watched the Meeksville Ghost from two thousand and one, a rare twenty first century sighting on our show, <laughs> and it was a it was a made for whatever movie. DVD. Straight to DVD. Straight to DVD. And it was a kid's film, and it was starring one of our favorite actors to talk about, Judge Reinhold, mm -hmm. uh, who just, we feel like, you know, his he had plenty of opportunities. But at, in 2001, he starred as a ghost that haunted a, a, a Western ghost. Yeah. This is like a West a cowboy ghost. Yeah, in the town of Meeksville, uh, which is some kind of old Western town, but right. in modern day, he comes back as a ghost. Well, he, he could never leave because he had an unresolved issue. The, the woman died by yeah. gun or gun or something like that. And they were trying to get the land and he was trying to prevent that. But Leslie Ann Down is in it. She's the one who was um, 
in Munchie Strikes Back as the mom. She's got her English accent. We keep talking about Munchie Strikes Back. Uh, Munchie, it's a sequel to a movie called Munchie, which had Lonnie Anderson as the mom. And then in this one, yeah. Mitchell goes, she's, it's, a, it's her. Yeah. I don't know. This movie was vile. Not vile. Just as a kid's movie, it failed. Yeah, uh, as, no, a, as, a, as a Judge Reinhold movie, it was passable. You can kind of see the, the old appeal of Judd in that movie. He definitely tried. Uh, and then it ended with like some kind of, like a, a Roy Berrialis, oh. like a, a big mystical, like CGI monster. Yeah, that... they had the shootout, like at the high noon kind of yeah. shootout. And everything got resolved for Judd Reinhold. So he was no longer had to stay on earth. And so he ascended in a Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. I'm bumping my list. The next movie, uh, and let me know when you want to take over. On uh, May All 2nd. right, I'll take over. No, 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 I got it. Let me do May 2nd. Uh, uh, May 2nd. Uh, we saw a really great film uh, called Night of the Juggler from 1980. This movie has it all. This is like a, the best car you could get off the lot. It was, uh, night, you know, scumbag Times Square. Yeah. Uh, we even saw the trailer. We used the trailer for WPIX. Is that <laughs> yeah, Sunday night, right. 6.30 movie. Uh, James Brolin. James Brolin. James Brolin is on the boiling point. His kid is fucking kidnapped. And yeah. he's got a, he has no by time mistake, to lose. By mistake. Yeah. So he's he's got like a ticking clock. So when he goes into a uh, porn uh, expo on Times Square, he's got, he's like, he doesn't go in the little booths and stares at this girl. He walks into the yeah. actual harem area. Kicked where, down. Yeah. He's like, you tell me where the, my daughter is. And there's guys looking, jerking off in their booths. You know, it was pretty uh -huh. radical. He's running around New York City. It's everything you want in a movie. Uh, he's terrific in it. It's really suspenseful. Uh, it's definitely like a gritty film from its era. But don't and, uh, forget the Take the Cannoli guy. Yeah, right. Take the Cannoli guy from The Godfather. Right. Uh, yeah. Pop. Does he do a joke where the gangsters are trying to buy frozen yogurt in New York City in 1980, yeah. and they well, can't? They can't. It isn't that it, he he's he goes in there and he says my my. Daughter's fiance is, is wants to open a yogurt shop. Tell me about it. And then the dis guy describes what yogurt is, how it like yeah. the germs, yeah, and it gets grossed out. Yeah, because at the time in New York City in 1980, that was a thing. A new frozen yogurt with wheat uh, germ. Uh, Jackie Gleason's daughter has a role in it. Um, there's an ex porn star named Sharon Mitchell in it. Ooh, the missile uh, scissor. Yeah. Um, okay, the guy who's the director, his name's Robert Butler, and he directed the pilot the, for Star Trek with Captain oh, the, Pike. The infamous Captain Pike yeah. episode. James Brolin broke his foot during a stunt sequence, and it delayed production for pretty much a month, just a little over a month. Yeah. Uh, we, we recommend that one definitely. Uh, so, all right, here we go. This movie caused a lot of pain and aggravation for both of us in 2021. It is the aforementioned on May 9th. We watched Munchie Strikes Back from 1994. <laughs> it's a straight to video, it's based on a movie we saw called Munchies, which was a ripoff on Gremlins. Uh, so it was originally an R rated movie. They turned it into a kid's video. This is Corman's production. 
uh, and with Dom DeLuise as the voice of a magical pixie monster yeah, yeah. named name, uh, Munchie. He's a wish, yeah. So it's a, you get wish fulfillment. You want pizza? Here it is. You like you like Jennifer Love Hewitt? There it is. <laughs> so, and then there was an adversary who wanted the hand of his mom. Uh, no, but this is Munchie Strikes Back. I know. So oh. Munchie Strikes Back only has Munchie and the adversary. The actor for the adversary has a different role different altogether. Person. Different person. Mm -hmm. But he's it. The voice of Munchie in the third film is voiced by Howard Hessman of Bullies Academy. ARP in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's, you know, whatever. I mean, you can hear him snorting coke while he, uh, the voice. He's <laughs> like, we got to save him. Right after I rip one. Uh, it's fucking, why don't you listen to our episode? We don't want to talk about this film anymore, do we? Uh, uh, yeah, I, go ahead, go ahead. Dave Dobson from the first movie was in it as a preteen now. or a Right, he passed the torch. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh. There was that guy who was Professor Graves was a really good actor named Stephen Franken. Remember, he goes down there, he goes, a thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. This information, do you remember? Yeah, it yeah. Was funny in it. Um, uh, it was good. I mean, like, okay, it, was, the, it was a watchable film, but it's just, it's definitely a... The director watched, uh, wrote, the, our, the director wrote House 4, okay? Oh, yes, that's right. Um, and also... The school explosions in the beginning were from a different movie called Screwballs. It was the same footage. Oh, how funny. And we had so watched Roger Corman. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Check it out. So that episode you should check out, listen to on May 9th. We are going back, back, back on, on May 16th, uh, back to the, what's the dude's name? Noel Nanel? Noel Nosek. Noel Nosek. His third movie we watched is called Dreamer, 1979. Right. So it was the middle film, as it were. So what do you do in between a Las Vegas caper movie and a racing around Mulholland Drive, Laurel Canyon music scene? Dreamer. Yeah. It's it's Tim Matheson, and he's going pro as he competes in the fantastic 1970s world of professional bowling. It's Rocky for bowling. Oh, my God. And, you know, you got, like, the family, and you got the town, and you got the people at the bowling alley. Jack Warden, right? Was it? Yeah, Jack I, yeah. Warden was the – was. Uh, come on, Come on, Rocky. Rocky. Come on. All a perfect game. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the guy who did the musical score for Rocky did the musical score for this. And it was advertised as, oh, that guy from Animal House, he's back again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on May 23rd, uh, we watched Slaughter's Big Ripoff, 1973. Yeah. That, that, that was pretty good. I like that one. American uh, International's Pictures. Yeah. Uh, and the villain was none other than Ed McMahon. Exactly. That was great. That was great. That was uh, Jim Brown, right? Yeah, Jim Brown yeah, was pulled back for the Cleveland Browns. That's how he made his fame. He was an NFL guy. And he started acting. Ed McMahon was the bad guy. Scatman Crothers was in it for two seconds. It was fun because it was like, it wasn't Shaft. It was trying so hard to be Shaft. It was. But, you know, there's a lot of character actors in that movie. I remember, like, yeah. the guy that hang out at the bar, at the nightclub. That kind of just helped the movie. Like, he was just funny in it. So, remember, he's riding horses in the beginning. Yeah. And then his friend gets killed. They're like, we love you, Slaughter. Cheers, you know, I'm dead. And he is that his real name, Slaughter? That's what they called him, Slaughter. 
Remember there was that uh, woman who just wanted to sleep with Slaughter? He was the girlfriend of the bad guy. Yeah, no, I remember. He was the, he was king of the hill. Like, everyone loves Slaughter. And it was a sequel, too, I, I believe. So, like, yes, they already knew him from the third. last movie. Yeah. Oh, the third one. Wow. Remember they did it in that scratchy hay right up in the... In the yeah. It's like you, that thing's made to dry the hay in the sun. You know, you're going to get in there and go... <gasps> Oh, it's great because after you fuck, you can eat the hay. We keep going. Uh, oh, yeah. wait, no, I'm thinking of Shaft in Africa. Shaft in Africa, right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that, was, that was a great one we did. And they, uh, I'm embarrassed now. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, all right, you did it. Let's move on. Our next movie on May 30th. Don't worry, I, I actually did a couple times and it's, we have it on archive. So it's all part of growing up. It's, it's all uh, part of growing up. All part of growing up. Uh, on May 30th, we watched the horrendously titled. Underground. Underground. Just underground. 1989. This is basically the underground world of beating each other up. And it's this, uh, we have a lot of films like this where, like, a, a hard scrabble woman and her pa pal go and, and try to defeat the underground world of blank. And mm -hmm. her and her boyfriend, uh, like, pick fights for money. And ultimately, ultimately, jo Jesse Ventura is like, I will give you money so I could kick your shit out of you. Right. And they ultimately say, you know, we're just so desperate. We're going to do it. We're going to go into the Thunderground and we're going to fight you and you to the death or whatever. To the death. No, it's to yeah. the death. Whoever lives keeps the bounty. Yeah. And then at the end, there's a lot of slow motion shit in it. I don't know. It, it, it seemed like two different movies to me. It seemed like these people on the road trying to make it and trying to trying to survive and yep. you know uh, dealing with each other. And then when they finally get to the Oz, when they finally get to the end of the journey, it's just this cartoon of Jesse Ventura fighting a girl, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, first they had to go to New Orleans and meet Emmett Walsh, who knew the man, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Nobody else did. Remember, he, he arranged some fights for him and... Yeah, yeah. At gunpoint. He's a mysterious cat. I don't know. It was, it was a piece of shit. I, I wasn't thrilled by it. Okay. Yeah. Me neither. Do you want to do you want to continue do March uh, do June, June 6th June 6 2021 we saw George Carlin in Working Trash Yeah a Fox moved Fox was a brand new network on yeah. on the terrestrial channel I'm I'm doing a rotary channel change on my hands <laughs> and uh, this was their first made for TV movie Yeah uh, starring uh, starring also starring Ben Stiller Correct. they really pulled out the big guns and the I know you don't like the Beverly Hills Hillbillies, but Jed Clampett was in it. Oh, I know. I don't like... Oh, yeah. No, he was good in that. Buddy Epson. Uh, but also the director, I think, was some kind of, of note. Um, the director was Alan Metter. He did a Police Academy mission to Moscow. I know you love that series. He did Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Cesar Jessica Parker. Yeah, not out of the park. The Growing Pains movie. Yo, when they go to Paris? No, no, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking Facts of Life. Facts of Life, Growing Pains. Uh, all right. I think that's and it's it's uh it's basically the the janitors work at a stock firm and they 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 find in the garbage stock tips and they right. go up and make it money. I don't know. Right. It, it was it was not memorable. It was nice to see George Carlin uh, yeah. act, and uh, we actually had Paul Brumbaugh. 
who uh, yeah. is one of the big George Carlin fans, and he used to be on the on Muni Radio before us. It's, and he's actually started up uh, Edge. And Patrick Carlin was a regular. Yeah, his uh, younger brother, as he would always say, his, uh, his older brother, Patrick Carlin, would come on uh, Paul's show every week. So My super ex-girlfriend, um, June 13th, 2021. This, this is not usual for your show, not just because it's 2006, but it's Ivan Reitman film. It's a blockbuster. Well, oh, it, yeah. it did well, but I mean, it's a major motion picture. I didn't realize that was Anna Ferris in that movie until like maybe yeah. halfway through. Uh, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. This is one of those toxic 2000s. I swear to God, this last generation has a lot to account for when it comes to movies. And us, too. We watched them. It was basically these bros who are like looking for women at the gym. And it's Owen Wilson, it's Luke Wilson. And he had Rain Wilson as uh, no relation, as his like scumbag little friend, mm -hmm. the Jason Alexander to the shallow how, basically. So when they're at the gym, he's like, hey, nice ass. Can I go on a date and touch your ass? Right. Oh, what did I say? And uh, they, people aggressive. get so offended. Yeah, so there's this hot little woman, and they they in the subway, and they approach her, and she goes on a date, and she actually is a superhero. And uh, when they break up, uh, Luke and Uma Thurman uh, as a superhero, uh, she doesn't take it well. It's basically it would be better if it was my super ex boyfriend, and the it would be more real, right? A little too on the nose if the the male counterpart in the relationship no no this is on the nose you've heard about girls freaking out when they oh yeah but i think it's out. i think it's a little like misogynistic this movie it is uh, it is uh but yeah so she gets angry so she's throwing cars and sharks at him and breaking his apartment and then especially when he starts dating anna ferris he she gets super mad but oddly enough uh jesus christ this movie gives me a headache eddie izzard plays eddie like izzard yeah, so she's she's like a uh, a, a colleague. Yeah, so she yeah God, it's so she creates a way to get the power source for Uma, and the power source drops and radiates Anna Ferris. Yeah, but Anna Ferris gets affected, and now Anna Ferris is a superhero. Right. <laughs> uh, superpowers. Okay. Well, what about um. Uh, Wanda Sykes was in it. That's a little. Yeah, that's great. She was fine in it. She didn't have much now, to do. My celebrity comedian countdown was with one of the actors who was in the film. His, he's a comedian. Uh, his name is Jack Norris. And I was at Scotty's and he went up and he said, he's super ex girlfriend. And then somehow I found out that it was on YouTube, remember? So I said, please, Michael, I've got the actor. So yeah, yeah so we interviewed yeah. It was great. He played a cop in the movie, and he had he had a. I wouldn't say they were good stories, but they were really good. I mean, like it was, uh, you know, it was it was really good that he opened up and just talked about working there and just being. It was good. Uh, June twentieth, twenty one. We watched the Flash movie. Hell, W ten from eighty three. Oh, you know what? I would just flat out say, go to iTunes, find our episode. If you like the Clash, go and just just. I know Carl has information on it, but do me a favor. Also, listen to the episode because he interviews. The guy that uh, was an archivist for Clash, and he had a lot to say about this movie. This is okay, no, this George guy Trump. was in it. Okay, yeah, this guy, his name is Derek Goddard. The he, the Clash, pretty much their um, drummer was out of the band because he just did it to himself. He just did heroin all the time, and so they were going to replace him with Derek Goddard. And he started practicing with the Clash, but then the Clash broke up, so he never got to. But he was about to become a member of the Clash. 
and he was in the film and he told us all sorts of interesting things. We did a two-part episode. The first part was the like 50-minute movie. Yeah. The second part was like the same length of an interview. It's a good movie too, Joe Shermer. It's just fun. It's black and white. They act like gangsters, but you can see like ET dolls, like they still have a veneer of yeah. the early 80s that it came from. And it and you know, like uh they're they're just having fun. I don't know. And it was well shot, you know, and uh it was an informative interview. I really like the interview that that's, yeah. that's that's the reason why I'm singling out this episode. You did a lot of effort and uh we a lot of good information about Flash. the club. Yeah, and I made a friend. Oh, Facebook friend or real IRL friend? Pretty much Facebook friend, but we were gonna get together and do some clash songs together. We even found a bassist. Wow, but that's things, crazy. Yeah, things got messed up with like weather and stuff. So we're supposed to do it this year. Okay. Let's see what happens. Call okay. yourself the clash. <laughs> it's supposed to be a clash tribute. It's supposed to be that we'll do a show on International Clash Day. I don't know. Oh, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. International Clash Day. Yeah, that's that's a thing. <laughs> Next is June 27, 2021. We did The Adventures of Barry McKenzie. Uh, all right, this one goes on my top 10. That and its horrible sequel. I think this movie uh, is a cultural touchstone, as it were. I don't know. I mean, talk about documentaries about movies. Uh, Not From Hollywood is a, a documentary about the Australian film industry. And they talk a lot about Barry McKenzie. Barry McKenzie uh, is the mastermind. It was masterminded by Barry Humphreys, who shows up, of course, as Dane Enda. Uh, but basically, he's he's Barry McKenzie is a different actor who's a singer. Rick Carly, he, he has a life outside this movie. Uh, and he kind of plays a, you know, little Abner, as it were. It was but an Australian outback version, young, dumb, and full of cum, just kind of a total idiot beer drinker. Yeah, which was uh, a cartoon. Was what? It was a, like a, a newspaper strip kind of thing, a cartoon. Oh, I that's didn't know how that. It started. Oh yeah, that that's it was all based on that book. Um you know, in the same way Homer Simpson is everything awful about a, an American. Yeah, Mary Humphreys with everything about dumb about an Australian, and that's why. And Andy Cap is everything dumb about. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, right. So, uh, so he goes to uh, England. Just, yeah, he goes to England, and uh, just chaos ensues. A bunch of numbers happen. Uh, a lot of just like kind of, you know, off jokes, but uh, it became a huge cultural phenomenon, and you can see why. It's a pretty tight film, you know uh I, I don't know i like the movie well, every time he would enter a situation um and then like he would be in some sort of trouble then he would make a move or a move would be made on him <laughs> and it would end up like a terrific great thing well yeah, so one like of the things don't you remember like someone told him that curry is an aphrodisiac so he like rubbed it on his groin before sex or something like that yeah it was a very dumb Took and forever prawns, to get to them. Prawns, prawns, yeah, with prawns, right? It was they were in England, so they got like down Indian takeout. Mm -hmm. uh, what else did he do? Uh, like he uh, would okay, he would go to the house. He went out with the daughter, remember? And then there was an Australian fest happened to be there. I was about to, I was about to say that that's the best moment in the movie is that he meets other Australians in England. And that's all they give a shit about is themselves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am, right? So, um, 
he goes to um what he goes to the pub and the guy who isn't Dudley Moore overhears him and he's cast in a TV commercial. Yeah, you he's know? the male Candine. He just shows up and he's always accompanied by uh Dane Enda. Yeah. Who he's, you know joins him in the adventures. Edna, yeah. Yeah, and definitely a good counterpoint to it. You know, like and one of the things I do like about this movie, this is one of the rare movies, unfortunately, our show we do have there's some movies are better off to see a couple times just to see it by yourself yeah and uh i had seen i didn't really see this movie i knew of it and when we did the show i was like oh my god this movie is greater than the sum of its parts like this movie should be experienced and then kind of like you know discussed and stuff so i actually went back and watched it and then uh watched the, the sequel before we did it and uh, it just makes a difference. Like it's a really kind of pop culture. The yeah. jokes are definitely aged. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean they're aged and they're even Australian. Like, like yeah. there are all those expressions that we wouldn't. Got. I'm fuller than a dunny on. You know, <laughs> we have no idea what the hell. No idea. <laughs> and then, but, so but then, uh, uh, there are some films that are your films that it's better to watch with a friend, and that's when you go to our show. There are other shows that are worth it. Just watching it, and this is yeah. one of them. So our next movie, go ahead, go. Was the sequel, Barry McKenzie Holds His Own. And it's interesting that the prime minister is in it. Listen, I really think you can skip this movie, you know? What it's, they did is they turned Barry McKenzie into a superhero, and he was right. famous. But that's not what Barry McKenzie is all about. He's not. He's a hick, which is an American term, but he he's outback-ish. Right. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. But him, the the actor who plays Barry uh, McKenzie and fucking Dane Edna are really funny. So right. I just felt like it was an excuse to see it, them. Like it wasn't Wayne's World too bad. As when sequels go, we're just watching the familiar characters. It just really had nothing. It wasn't the satire wasn't there. The the sat it was you know the parody and the satire. It lost its own joke because the premise was uh, yes, you're right. It was great to see them again. That's what you paid for, right? Right. You, yeah. You, you experienced them before, so you want to see them again. Uh, it's just that they could have, they should have just stuck with. See, it did a big thing for the Australian film industry. Suddenly, four or five films got made that year. Yeah. One of them by uh, it's not in front of me. It's like the 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 guest or something it was a big deal so they thought perry mckenzie's a big deal so let's do a movie in which he's flying in a jet and there's angels are singing his name no that's not him at all right i got i got it too yeah i guess that makes sense little abner again i'm gonna the, say uh, prime minister of australia you know at the time and the first lady they were in it uh, i'm sure they regret it july 18 2021 with Cheryl and Connolly, we watched The Man with the Power. I was very happy Cheryl joined us. Uh, she is a big influence. You can see her influence on the show. Uh, Q was in it from Star Trek. John Luke, John Delancey. Do you remember Q, who that Q is? Q, wasn't Q from Next Generation? And it would always yeah. be like, hey, Picard, what's up? You suck. Yeah, you yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like yeah, he'd sit down to eat his meal and show up. Go, I'll take that. Poof. He'd well, you know, up. when when uh, Superman jumped the shark, they had Mister Majestic. So I guess for Star Trek, they had uh, Q. Yeah, um, and, uh, 
Bob Neal was the star. There's nothing really interesting there, but no, it's a good one. So we would recommend that episode if, yes. as episodes go, and that is July 18th. You get to uh, Sherilyn joins us uh, and to do one of the movies uh, of Percy Kamada. And so it was pretty cool. You're going into August. Yes, August 8th. <clears throat> August 8th was a really cool one. It was Ghost Shark. I like that movie. Yeah, and you had a really good friend of yours, a comedian who... Uh, so um, there, I was at an open mic. It was my open mic, actually. And the Chris Gassler got on stage and he just relayed this. He told his routine and then he interrupted himself. And he goes, fuck that. This is not comedy, no laughing. And he told us how much how great Ghost Shark was. That just got me thinking. I checked it out. And yeah, it was on YouTube. So I immediately called to you, please, please, do this once, please. And you said, okay. And so he came on. And I played his stand-up on the show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. And he was like, he actually led us in the world of the cinema's ghost yeah. shark. Do you remember yeah. Night Court's Bull was in it? Yeah, Richard Bull. But he was good at it. You know, yeah, he uh, really definitely good. had a good time. Yeah. It's so weird. It's either like TV Christmas movies or TV uh, shark movies. Oh, Christmas shark. Holy shit. I got to write that down. Since it was a ghost... And it was a shark. It could yes. ghost appear anywhere where there was water. It was, remember a guy who's drinking from water yeah, cooler and he gets all fucking fucked up. Remember that? This, yeah, a shark, a ghost shark kind of leaps out of his water. Out, yeah, he split into parts. Oh my God. Like, well, wasn't there a slip and slide? And at <laughs> the end of the slip and slide was a ghost shark and the kids were like, <laughs> wee. Gulp. Gulp. All they didn't do was the burp joke. There is a plethora of these shark TV movie shark movies, and Roger Corman's to blame. The shock, the post, well, and then Sharknado of course, Sharknado. Sharknado was like, yeah, that was definitely uh, day one on a lot of it. But this one was good. Out of, out of a lot, of, I think this was better than Sharknado, honestly. Really? That was with Tara Reid. Oh yeah, and Brian. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. No, I'm gonna call it. I mean, it's fine, but what, what are we arguing about? Ghost Shark's better. <laughs> On August fifteenth, Warren Oates. Yes, another Warren Oates movie. Where and based on the Hemingway story, wasn't it? No. Yes. Based on it, it was Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. Yeah. Story called My Old Man. So she's she's like a farm girl, and her like he her strained dad shows up, who's Warren Oates, and they just go off. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, it started off. It was a little unbelievable in the real world. It started off. You're going to be with me for the summer. And then it just turned into, she lives with me now. I don't know how it happened. But wasn't he like a horse racer or like yeah. into horses? Yeah. So he was a trainer. He was a trainer. He worked the horses and he, yeah. And it was sort of like a, uh, always on the edge, like I'm either a loser and a failure or I'm a winner. And he was always teetering. You yeah. Know? For about four scenes, he was a lead horse trainer. I want that fucking slopped over here. He was enlarged in the you know, and then he would be like, I've lost all my money. It's a hat is hanging over his head. I don't yeah. know. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it was another War Notes movie on YouTube. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Next was the switcheroo. August 22nd, we watched Tracks with Shadow Stevens. Yeah, and it's a switcheroo because I've seen it a hundred times. I had the, I found the video cassette on Tower at Tower Records. Uh, yeah, so track, tracks with Shadow Stevens, and he is a 
80s renegade uh vigilante mercenary that's the word that kind of but all in one he he does the jungle he does the cities and he cleans out the town and yeah. he comes by a lot of shooting a lot of shooting he decides despite priscilla barnes uh, objections or maybe he secretly likes it he goes into a shithole town and cleans it up while he pursues his dream to bake cookies and <laughs> he makes a friend Dieter. And remember, Dieter got shot. Yeah. And they asked how much blood. Yeah. He lost, and he said a liter of blood. And they and Shadow Stevens said, "Damn, Dieter lost the liter." <laughs> Wait, do you remember when he offered a cookie to Robert Davi? See, this the is gangster? one you need to see. Also, yeah. not just listen to our show. This is a yeah. Okay, that's exactly right. So please go to YouTube. The point mm-hmm. of this show is there are these free movies on YouTube. And they can't find them anywhere. They, people would pursue. Just go look up tracks. T R A X X. Yeah, Watch the movie. And then this is the second time we had done it, and we're blabbling about it again. So God bless that movie. Now the next one's also kind of a switcheroo. August 29th, twenty one. We for a second time watched Head. 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 Head from nineteen sixty eight. It's the Monkey's Farewell uh, movie theatrical. And uh, we had done it earlier, and uh, this is another movie where we recommend watch it without. Well, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Yeah, first, and you can do it on YouTube. All the songs, the monkey songs, later day songs, the ones, uh, the dolphin song, all dolphin. of them are there. Wouldn't I? And basically, they cameos, cameos, tons of sixties cameos, and Nestor Nicello. There's just like. Uh, they just they jump off a bridge in the beginning of the movie. They're that's done right. with being pop stars. That's right. But that's not the way it happens. And they <laughs> go into a whirlwind of studio lot setups. And they go into a sound effects cleaner. They go through Victor and they get they get stuck in Victor Mature's hair. And they they uh yeah. Just uh the it's they at the end they don't die, they just get carried off, you know, a piece of pop culture. Uh yeah. Uh, Monkeys are the craziest people, says the cow that Frank Zappa carries. Yeah, it's good, you know, but it's also kind of a weird piss movie because uh, it is what you want to see as a TV version of uh, a, a movie version of a TV show. And it's more you grown want, up. Yeah, more grown up and also kind of biting the hand that feeds you and just saying, you know, it, their angle was saying we were manufactured, but we can't escape it now. You know, now that we did this fake gimmick, and you bought it, we'll never well, escape being that. Gift to seven-year-olds. <laughs> oh, right. Terry Gardner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a Sonny Liston. It's Sonny just like, Liston, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and oh, Mickey, you're so fine. Tony Basil does Tony a dance Basil. number. Yeah, cho- she choreographs. Yeah, the famous uh, 60s choreographer uh, dances with uh, Mickey Jones. So yeah, it's a uh, Jack Davey, Davey Jones. Jack Nicholson yeah. was part of the writing. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. Robinson and Jack Nicholson, they had cinema yeah. dreams. And right. they kind of part of this movie is just like separating themselves from the monkeys, which they created and they profited from. Right, right. And and it was really a um misleading campaign. It was like it was like destined to bomb. It was a poorly timed release date. because uh, it was two months after the monkeys were canceled i don't know they only made 16 grand 
Really? Yeah. A meager $16,111 in ticket sales. That's crazy. All right. It is because we're talking nationwide. Next, you made me endure a piece of crap <laughs> on September 5th called Full Body Massage 1995. And you're all apologetic for it. Oh, you know, the director, director. And, yeah, oh, the famous director. Listen, that director made a movie. That his, his films are so rare. Nicholas Roag, uh, <laughs> I believe he's pronounced. And then, boom, out of nowhere, he made a shitty six. He made, like, he's he's so, like, venerated that by the only work you could get is an exclusive film on Showtime. Yeah. You know, and they had to show titties. But right. the, the titties. all about the titties. Yes, but Mimi Rogers is fantastic in this yeah. movie. Titties-wise. Well, first off, she yep. she did so much. Her body's amazing. Like, you know, yeah. she, it's, you know, Linda Hamilton, like, this Hilton. You're about to say she did a good acting job. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna defend this movie. I, I know. Uh, Brian Brown, who we know from Cocktail primarily, right? He was Finch. Give my regards to Broad Street. Uh, we saw him in. Oh yeah, very memorable. I'm sure. <laughs> Don't you remember? He was Paul McCartney's like business business manager. Remember? And he oh, said, was he? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All he right. goes, yeah. this could lead to unforeseen consequences. He goes, like what? He goes, well, I, they're unforeseen. That was Finch from Cocktail? Wow. Brian Brown. Uh, well, that, oh, if you mean that was me, <laughs> yes, that was my attempt. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We uh, decided to stop the world of Nicholas Roeg. And go into where it's at from 1969, and we that episode aired September 12th, and, right. and it is a kind of family drama set in the world of madmen and hippies. Madmen, in this case, being a casino owner, yeah, whose son is just he's where it's at, man. He's yeah. where it's at. Uh, but dad wants him to learn the world of the Las Vegas lore, and he does. He goes well, I mean, casino. He's a casino owner and he gets yeah. shares in it. Remember, but he becomes father versus son. Right. And also the casino did not get any opening credit. It was not listed in the opening credits. Uh yeah, so we, there there is some kind of adversary, and then you also have like, I don't know, in the long journeys, the long family drama. What I'm saying is, like, it's there's some play like aspects where they they talk in the office and they're all just like, oh, but dad, no son, but yeah, it's kind of a generational thing. Generation Brenda Vaccaro, Brenda Vaccaro, she's good. I don't know, I didn't like that movie at all, to be honest with you. Don Rickles, Don Rickles, well, as a janitor, yeah, he was well, he was a pit, uh, he was he pit was boss, a yeah, no, no, but, he was a dealer and he got caught. Okay, if you don't like it, forget it, because it's... Okay, here's something interesting, though. Uh, Richard Kimball, uh, David Janssen, right? right? He was in Bonzo Goes to College. Oh, well... Uncredited a football guy. Like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, He must have been young, and they're like, we need you. Uh, my big break. Freddie, I hope you see me. When you do the threequel, the threequel of uh, Bonzo. Yeah, you Bonzo. remember that Bonzo movie? Yeah, that was a big hit. Yeah, I'm in this yeah. Well, there was Bedtime for Bonzo. Bonzo goes to college. And then the third movie in the there sequel. There was a third? 
No, they should be. They should be like Bonzo Infinity. <laughs> yeah, Bonzo if Revolution. There was a third Bonzo movie. I wish they would make it 1950s and black and white. Really yeah, well, do. Well, don't you feel like Airbud and all those like made for video uh, movies of like young little dogs yeah. or animatronic animals, like in live action adventures? Yeah. You know, it's kind of old hat, but you know, it's, it's a it's thriving business. Ah, oh, all right. Uh, so where it's at, yeah, it, it definitely like if you want to check out Las Vegas in the 60s after watching Las Vegas Lady from the 70s, please do. Uh, it does show some of the casinos. The clothes are pretty cool. I like that, the David Hansen. Now, as outfit. a movie, this does have a story, and it's not a great movie, but no. you could – I wouldn't recommend watching it on your own, but you could. if You, it, it, you won't you, – it doesn't suck, suck. No, it isn't. So, you know, you get these performances in the story, but you do get, oh, like, do 60s remember, Vegas. Like, he gives Brenda Vaccaro an order, right? Like, real sternly, get him up. And then she goes, okay, right away, and I quit. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I do remember. Then he out, he goes, why? He goes, because I'm sensitive. Then he goes, well, I'm sorry. And then she goes, well, okay, then. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that in the film, but uh, still, it. it yeah. I'm not saying it was a good film. I mean, it's pretty corny. How about that? Uh, I don't know. Remember that he that his w wife wanted to cheat with him and go with the son. Yeah, and then like he didn't he didn't leave her. Like it. it I don't know. There's some interesting things in there that aren't camp and. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those movies where uh, they want to do a drama, but they want to set it in today's, you know, yeah, generation gap. It was a generation gap. Yeah. You know, it was the, how dad and son, here, this is dad and this is son. Can't argue it out. All right. But it was pretty dry. Yeah, we're going to watch Wild in the Streets coming up sometime soon. Yeah. That's going to be one of our it's upcoming a, it's movies. One, just like that generational, it's exactly what you're just describing. It's the 60s. You know, don't trust anyone over 30. Yeah. And we actually watched a movie called Gas. Uh, don't ask me how yeah. to spell it. But Roger Corman directed it. Like, it was definitely like a 50s Mad Magazine parody of the world of the hippies. And uh, there was some of that in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to keep going because I don't remember what I was saying. Going. Um, keep going. You're going to go in coconuts. I'm going coconuts. On September 19th, we watched the Donnie and Marie theatrically released movie. Uh, from, you know, vintage 70s. It's called Going Coconuts. They, as Donnie and Marie, have the opportunity to perform in Hawaii. Uh, and <laughs> and they go on a plane. The, the, it's so funny. The movie, it's one of those movies where they, Barry McKenzie was guilty of it too. It starts on a plane ride and ends on a plane ride. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get the opening credits on the plane. We're going they, somewhere, they, we're going home. Yeah. So they go to Hawaii to perform. Uh, and actually, the Brady Bunch are on their flight. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Mars. Kenneth Mars again from Young Frankenstein. Yeah, well, you were saying, oh, yeah, you know, now I remember who he is. He's definitely an outsized guy. Yeah. It was, it was pretty funny in this. So it, this is one of those mix-ups where bad guys have a MacGuffin or some kind of, like, something idle or some. Well, there garbage. was the necklace, you see, and the necklace. The necklace. Yeah, in the end, you learn, because I spoil everything, I spoil. In the end, you learn that it's a, a, a map. It's a chain of islands, you know, and it's a yeah. map where the treasure is. 
man. Well, it's uh, and and it has a Ted Cassidy who played Lurch. And, yeah, uh, yeah. He did a really good job. I thought. Uh, look, look. It was the Donnie and Marie part was very bad, but the part in which the villains were together was pretty good. That, you got so you got two movies. You have super young Donnie and Marie. Uh, like if you want to watch them on TV, uh, you can watch that part of the movie. And then if you want to watch, you know, Lurch from Adam's family without the makeup, hanging out with Kenneth Mars, you know, yeah, yeah definitely Making an alliance with the Asians. Well, it was yeah, and then they have a musical number. I, I should mention Donnie and Marie, not the villains. Yeah. And so they at the Hawaiian hotel, and then after the number is done, literally they resolve the conflict and they get on the plane and the credits roll that the plane flies off. So it's well worth it. It's no going bananas. And the, and in the real world, the uh, girl he falls in love with as he's getting on the plane becomes his real Donnie's real wife. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Thirty well, years. Good to go. Uh, next movie up is uh, oh my god. In, it uh, is. So two days after my birthday on October third. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, we watched a movie directed by Alan Smithy. It's called Stitches from 1985. Yeah. And it stars Parker Stevenson or Stephen Parkinson. Right. And uh, it's basically Frank the Hardy. Frank Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, right. The Hardy Boys. And uh, they are just like party boys themselves. They're yeah. not Hardy Boys. They're party boys. And they're, right. Yeah, at a medical school. And they do like wacky 80s pranks, like naked and uh, pretend to be cadavers. And then women show up. They jump out. And there's a lot of like, you know, I don't know, Brent Kavanaugh's kind of humor, like just frat yes. boys, sexual, uh, just kind of phrasing. But one of the more interesting pranks they do is that uh, the, the girls get even after like some panty watch or something. Right. They get uh, none other than the unknown comic. Right. Is, yeah. And he's not in costume. He's just the act. He's acting to uh, come in. Maybe and, Langston. Marie, yeah, man. He comes, Marie Langston comes in and he, uh, Ask, tells her all the doctor male doctors to drop their pants to, <laughs> so he can evaluate their penises, which yes. he does. He does one by one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he inspects their penises and gives commentary. That's the only moment in the movie I really remember. Oh, there was one guy who was party over here. <laughs> well, no look, they all would party, but Parker Stevenson would party hardy. Boys. Well, <laughs> in the trailer, and I remember in the movie, this guy with a froggy voice goes, Party upstairs. Goes, There's no party upstairs. It was party downstairs. I remember that. Yeah. It was uh, a really bad movie. Don't see this movie. And I think wasn't that was Buddy Epson or like some kind of like well uh, Eddie Albert, you know, Eddie Albert, Green right. Acres. Yeah, Green Acres, which like, is the superior uh, hill Beverly Hillbillies. Right. Uh, I prefer that over that. Yeah. So he did he's the evil dean. And during the festival the medical school have where everyone dresses up as parts of the face, mm -hmm. uh, they seek revenge. So, yeah, it's terrible. We're going to keep going. Uh, Brimstone and Treacle was our movie on October 10th. October 10th, 2021. Uh, it is a 1982 movie based on the Dennis Potter. Very somber, depressing, yeah. content warning, trigger warning, mm -hmm. uh, sexual uh, assault movie basically yeah you know there is a guy sting. so young sting cons his way into a household right with, with a family that has a daughter that is kind of just disabled. Bound. yeah, yeah. Mis uh, disabled and and can't really get out of the bed 
and he's so charming and oily and the 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 parents are so disconnected from everything at this point they get some, it makes them gullible yeah well the he this guy is really gullible he becomes a nanny and he's completely assaults her and uh yeah basically basically he kind of integrates the family into the family and the family breaks apart until he leaves and he gets suckered at the end Right until he and he does get suckered, right? Yeah, or at least he, it's implied. Yeah, a cad, a sting like cad walks up to sting himself at the end of this movie and says, "Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Hey, I remember you from the army, the yeah. navy, the military." Yeah, <laughs> so, it's, of, yeah sh- shanty. Yes, shanty. I was thinking. the only reason why we watched that movie is I thought it was the Frankenstein movie with Jennifer Beale and Sting, uh-huh. the Bride. Yeah. I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, the Bride is on there." Yeah, brimstone. That was the Frankenstein's monster, right? No. Uh, and then, no. So that thing, it got, it got. Like, he made it like a big deal because he was in it, and so money was, was made from the film. That's right. The, the police had a song that was a hit from the, the movie. Yeah, they had also. It, it was yeah. It was called "Spread a Little Happiness." And he was the template for the character Constantine in the DC universe of comic books. Right, the Alan Moore chain-smoking. Uh, he's he's part of Justice League Dark, Carl. Get with the times. Uh, he was, was introduced a, in Swamp Thing. That's right. Yeah, well, Alan Moore was writing it at the time. That's how he got the credit. And also, it was Keanu Reeves' movie. It was the right. times. Yeah, I never finished that movie. Uh, our next movie is one of my top five. I keep saying top five. It's probably six by this point of this list. Hostage Hotel. Carl. Yeah. Hostage Hotel from 1999. We watched yeah. that on October 17th. Awful film. Don't watch it. If you don't do this at home. Okay. Watch uh, it with us. Yeah. You know, watch it with us. It's basically Burt Reynolds had a series of made for TBS or TNT movies where he played a particular character, like a cop or detective. And each movie, and he had like Brian, was it Brian Dennehy? That yeah. Was, Dennehy? No, no, it no. wasn't. Please tell me the guy's name. We always mess that up. Hal Needham. No, well, Hal Needham's a director. Oh, right, right. I'm so sorry. It was Charles Dunning. Charles Dunning. Dunning. Yeah, it's Dunning. He, he looked better, uh, you know. Uh, he uh, So you mentioned Hal Needham. Hal Needham, of course, is the famous director of Stuntman who directed yeah. Soaking and the Bandit. Broker Ace, several movies with Burt Reynolds. Right. In this movie, he is uh, has the Alan Smithy moniker. This is directed by Alan Smithy. He disassociated himself from this TV movie. There is a hostage situation in a hotel. They call Burt Reynolds. Oh, Brian- it's horrible. Uh, stands up from the table. Like, he looks like me behind you. That's how bad that guy was. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah. All right, less said the better, but I do like that movie a lot. Oh, that's me at Sketchfest. Yeah, see, I look like Brian Dennehy in all these. Oh, that's me in The Godfather. Uh, we're, we're doing a video thing. Oh, yeah, Carl. All right, we're going to keep going. Yeah, that was a disaster. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, no, it's a beautiful club, and I, I did it wrong. Uh, on October 24th, uh, I we watched 
uh, I we watched Tilt from 1979, which is a Brooke Shields movie. Right. Uh, no stranger to us. Uh, and she was really good in this. She was literally 14 years old. And she, uh, you know, it was like Thunderground, but with pinball. So <laughs> instead of doing street fighting, she would go and uh, go to the arcade and hustle uh, dudes. Uh, and then yeah. himself says, hey, you're hustling. Let's go. And uh, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, he kind of... Uh... There was the no. I think you're right. She hustled a little bit. Yeah, you're right. No, no. I think yeah, but she he saw potential and he right. kind of groomed her, exploited her. Yeah, uh, and to become uh, and he gets a cut of it. So you know, and ultimately, she meets the king of pinball himself, who has his own like warehouse where he has his pinball machines, and they do some serious betting. Carl uh, Sterning again. Charles Journey again. He looks a little better in this movie in 1979. Yeah. So this is 20 years prior to his he, he appearance. Jumped, he was just as fat. He could walk. He could get around. You know what I mean? He had mobility. Uh, I, I'm, I, you can see me on the video. Just poor guy. Anyway, you know, it, it used to, you were showing video, uh, pictures of myself and I'd look just as big as Denny. So no, I wasn't uh, seeing that. Listen, yeah. he was in Meatballs Three Summer Job. He was that guy really? in the doorman. At oh, that's the right. Gates of Heaven. Yeah, uh, that's a good movie. So Tilt was pretty good. I, I liked it. I she, thought it was pretty good. And and uh, she was fourteen years old. I mean, and she she held yeah. the movie. October thirty first, Halloween. We kicked it with the remake, How to Make a Monster, from two thousand and one. But was it really a remake? It was its own film. I think it was Cinemax or one of those cable companies had a deal with How to Make a Monster was from 1958. And we actually watched it. It's a terrific film, real head up its own ass type of film where a horror movie company, a film production company, this is a movie about a movie. No, that, no, no. It's, it's, they're making a video game. Well, so I was just talking about the original. The original oh, was a yeah 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 the original was like this guy who's uh does makeup national pictures yeah he would do like a werewolf makeup uh, and he would also drug the actors so they would wear the makeup and murder and kill. murder werewolf in Los Angeles so in the two thousand and one remake and this was so they took a series of these American international picture movies and reimagined them or remade yeah. them for the premium cable company, which I think is Cinemax. It's like, when you hear it, you just go, oh man. And one of them was How to Make a Monster with Julie Strain and from 2001. Yeah, Julie Strain, right. And she, she actually, she's topless, right? They got she's the cable. definitely topless. She's the only one. Jump. Yeah, they make her jump. That's what this movie's about. So these video game uh, programmers create a monster. They make a monster in the video game who... Comes out in real life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because of a lightning strike. Yeah, and then they, they defeat him in his video game world. And for people who ever played a video world. game, yeah, or are fans of 20-year-old graphics will really appreciate yeah, the uh, Lawnmower Man virtuosity quality right. of, uh, of this monster they defeat. They basically hit the space bar a couple of times, and he's like, arr, arr. <laughs> yeah. Clea Duvall. Right, who we saw yeah. in Wildflowers, Wild. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, Wildflower from the Petaluma movie. With the yeah, with Daryl Salido, yeah. Beep beep. <laughs> and 
Kareem Prince was uh, the, he was in Men in White. We saw him as a, he, he was a famous Power Ranger. Right, uh, that's right. Also, Colleen Camp, who we know from the Rosebud Beach Hotel. Yeah, and, and a lot of other from, movies from, from Wayne's World. And But you personally know from a police academy for uh, Citizens on Parole. She was, she, was she was with Tackleberry, I believe. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Well, okay, it's uh, so it was also, good. Well, okay, okay. So on November 7th, we watched Limit Up, 1989. And um, this was Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. This is an interesting movie. Uh, the director made a – it's a Chicago-based film from the 80s. It yeah. had – uh, if you like training places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, this is another commodities comedy starring Saturday Night Live's Vanessa uh, Vance. The late, uh, uh, Danita Vance. Danita Vance. Uh, yeah. Danita Vance and Brad Hull were on uh, SNL during the 80s. And right. They show up. And Dean Stockwell's in this film. And there's another like yep. big week guy. Uh, uh, but, there's Rance Howard, the father of uh, yeah of uh, Clint Howard. Howard, but also like Dean Ray, Stockwell Ray, and Dean Stockwell, Dean Stockwell. That's a big one. Yeah, and the Ray Charles is in it. So basically, this Nancy Allen has an opportunity. She her dream is to become a commodities trader, get off the floor, and uh, she gets carrots dangled in front of her, and she meets like a young like Brad Hall, and they play cute. But one day, she meets uh, Denise Vance, who's like. Says, you know, fuck everyone, do it your own way. Well, because she's the devil, she pretends. Yeah. So yeah, it comes out that she has magical powers and she's like just fucking she's fucking things up and she's showing up Nancy Grace Allen's life. And uh then it gets like so it's like this, you know, it's that's so weird, but then it gets into this like socialist. I don't know, what was the deal? Like they well, go yeah, to like okay. so this she shows up and like I'm a demon. I want yeah. you to make the price of soybeans go up to the roof. Right, because Limit Up. This movie right. was educational. It was an edutainment movie. I really do feel like this guy was trying to make his point. They literally had a point where a woman in a classroom talked about, you know, the politics yeah. of commodity trading. And you're like, what's this movie doing? But Limit Up, if I remember, is that if you sell too much soybeans or the price gets too crazy. Yeah. The, if the price gets too crazy and you see that there's going to be a crash, essentially you make a limit, you just say no more trading. And there's also limit down. So he thinks that this devil woman wants her to make people, you know, cause famines. So what he connives to do is screw herself over in her career and everything and make the price go down limit yeah. down and limit that down. way it would be super cheap and it would feed all of the hungry people in these different continents because right. the price was so cheap they dump it to make the price stable and that's what she does and then at the end the advance is like okay great I'm, don't worry about it i'm not gonna t I get you 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 passed the test or whatever she was an angel the she truth was an angel was. And she was Ray reporting Charles. to Ray Charles all this whole time, who I guess he was God. And Ray Charles, you know, this it was like the magical Negro. And and I again, uh, I don't uh, know that stereotype you mentioned all throughout the episode. Yeah, right? I just talked to you about it. It's just who, like this. This what play, uh, movie has the magical Negro? What uh, Legend of Bagger Vance with that Will Smith movie? He helps. Uh, uh, the, okay, the that's golfer. kind of modern. You're talking like there's always Green Mile. But I mean, it's it's a trope, as they say. It's a cliche. 
you know, and it's yeah. just I didn't I didn't remember that when I saw the movie back in the day. Right. Uh, I also you saw it on remember. an airplane. Yeah, I know, and then I never seen it again, and now it's on YouTube. So God yeah, bless on that. That's the show. And I, I like you know, it was, I like both the, the SNL actors. Uh, you know, it was great to see both of them again, and uh, uh, in, in a movie. But it was, yeah. And then just like uh, the funny thing I remember about that movie is that Ray Charles is out in the streets and he has a saxophone and he's playing yeah. in front of a brick wall of a building. Right. He finally has the opportunity to perform in a club in Chicago. And the back, the back wall is a brick wall. It's like, you know, <laughs> could you get you curtains? Well, that's Slim It Up. It's a strange movie. Uh, and the, you know what? The director himself posted it on his YouTube channel. And so, and not much, you know, more, more discussions about commodities, I guess, or politics, or what have you. But that was pretty interesting. Uh, all right. The next one you have to lead because it was a switcheroo. On November 14th, we watched The Defective Detective with Jerry Lewis. Yeah, and it has several other uh, AKA uh, movie titles, but this is the one where you could find it on YouTube. And it was great find on YouTube. You know, Jerry Lewis in the 80s made two films in France, and one of the agreements was don't you ever show it in the United States. Well, it's to YouTube, is everyone can see it. Uh, and basically, he is a Las Vegas cop. He probably just caught Stella Stevens from Nutty Professor. <laughs> you know, they were Nutty Professor again. Wow, that's weird. The co-stars of Nutty Professor both played Las Vegas, well, criminal and cop, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like the Las Vegas heat. Anyway, I'm rambling. He lands in Paris. He lands in France. And he sees his – he loves his opera star. And he sees her in yeah. the airport. He's like, I love you. And he pulls out a cassette player. He's there because he's visiting his ex-wife and yeah. her new husband, who picks him up at the airport. He's like a famous French guy. and uh, But in this movie, he's just a deadpan clown. And they get into trouble. But he's also and a they cop. do fish burger stuff. Yeah, they like – they are quibble over the TV set and food. And, uh, you know, they sit by a swimming pool and try to have dinner and shit like that. A lot of like slapstick crap, falling but, off the roof. You know, Jerry was flipping an egg. He was making breakfast and from the skillet, and he it doesn't come. And he looks up; it doesn't fall. the The guy comes in, has a conversation, and <laughs> lands on his head. <laughs> We're laughing, but it wasn't good. The movie. But then the movie, like I did the research, but I to this day I don't understand the plot. I just don't get it. I think like there's a corrupt. French cop who wants yeah, the well, French cop husband to... They wanted uh, to smuggle this art, you see. Yeah, the opera, opera singer, singer is actually an art forger. Right, yeah. Yeah, they into counterfeit art. They sell the counterfeit art. They don't forge it. Uh, and they were going to get Jerry to... They're going to put the painting in his... It was one of those weird movies where they clash and then Jerry leaves halfway through, but he doesn't leave. And then he, <laughs> and then they, he crashes the opera, uh, Mr. Magoo style. Uh, as a Jerry Lewis fan, I definitely recommend seeing it because what? you don't have the opportunity to see it. It's not good, but it's an, it's rare to see all his films. Yeah. Next week, uh, the following week on uh, uh, November 12th, uh, 21st, we watched Hardly Working from 1980. Jerry Lewis, again, a comeback film for him. The original yeah. jerk. He was. That's their ad campaign. The year after the jerk made money, he yep. came back. Yeah. Now, the best thing at, that I liked about this film was all that wind. 
all of that rust oh like it drives trees. me crazy they're the out in florida, florida. yeah the trees are going jerry's talking his hair is flapping can't stand that uh he uh it was a clown he him and billy party had an act uh the boss comes in after a show they hey, it's, I see play. me in my tent hey it's the boss yeah hey i want you to see me in my tent. and you're fired yeah, yeah. well he told the, everyone and yeah, we had a bad clown remember there were all these different feelings for the film different themes it didn't make sense it started off oh this movie's going to be about the sad clown then he becomes a reasonable individual who's out of work at his sister's house with right, Harry his sister. Mudd. And then when he gets his jobs, he's like, I am stupid. It does it's a very sense. long montage of him doing various jobs that you would get a stripper bart uh, bartender. Yeah. And then uh Benny Hanna chef that not he's only so was insulting. Was and it was so... the movie poster. <laughs> he does Asian stereotypes like so so with the big buck teeth and yeah, it's just so awful. Yeah. Uh, well, he then gets a job in the post office because it's always work at the post office. He and along this whole time, he met a young lady and her the son. And it winds the up. The green girl in Star Trek. Yes, the famous green girl that uh, uh, Spock, uh, not Spock, Captain Kirk encountered. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah it just so happened his new boss. Is the father of this girl woman that he's been uh, yeah. courting this whole time courting. in Florida? Yeah. Uh, November eight, November twenty eighth. We watched Finders Keepers from nineteen eighty four. One of two Finders movies. This one was actually Richard Lester, a little known film from the director of Hard Day's Night and Dick Superman. Lester. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's basically a very strange but broad uh, rifter comedy where. You know, not only did the hero was a grifter, but he was raised by a grifter who shows up two thirds. Lou Gossett Jr. Yeah, and he shows up like not even halfway through the movie, like towards yeah. the end of it. But he does great. So if you're a fan of Richard Lester, I've never even heard of this film, so I was kind of glad to see it. It's definitely a full-on kind of floppy feel to it. If you want to see Jim Carrey, like not being Jim Carrey, just pretending he's a yeah. dumb guy, then this is the film for you. In December, December 5th, just a couple weeks ago, we watched Massacre at Central High. This movie is a strange film. You would figure that he, there would be guns involved. There's no guns involved. There oh. is sabotage, a wind jammers. There's uh, explosive. It's to be a massacre film, but there's no slashing. There's no yeah. bloody murder. He it's does bombs. clever. He does clever little tricks. Bombs dynamite rock slide right dynamite yeah. avalanche right yeah like perfect timing it just so happened and he went to the hang glider and he undid the do not electrocute button <laughs> yeah they had a do not electrocute button and he disabled it yeah. so when the guy was going to electrocute he kept pressing the button and it goes click 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 click, click, click. what this damn thing he oh, sabotages a, a paraglider and so the paraglider loses control and goes to electrical wire. Like the, the perfect timing, he hits the wire. It, it, it is uh, outrageous. And you know what? It's, this movie is like, we have favorites. This is like the our listeners' favorites. I mean, we have uh, one of our listeners, Jill, brought recommended up, it. Yeah, but it's everyone funny. I know, like uh, my friends are like, oh, you did that movie? That's a great movie. So it's like a lot of people like that movie a lot.
on December 12th, we watched An American Werewolf in Paris only because yeah. it was on YouTube. And that's from 1997. Right. It was a uh, belated sequel to early 80s American Werewolf in London. Julie, Julie Deppley. Oh, yeah, Deppley. You know, she was also in Kill Bill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she was, I, I read about her after we talked about her on the show because I was like, I can't believe I wasn't that prepared because I know she did two days in Paris and two days in New York with uh, Chris Rock. And I think she was in another movie with Chris Rock and that's why she picked him. Yeah, she, this movie, she hated making it. She only did it because she had to pay rent. She said, I'll never do Hollywood movies again, which wasn't true, but you, but she did walk away, you yeah. know. She meant it at the time. Um, and this also had, um, I, I had a celebrity comedian countdown with Craig Loigren, who was invited to be on the podcast, but he didn't make it. So he did the countdown. He really would have been good on this. He really, uh, he enjoyed this film, but he didn't like the computer graphics. Well, it he was did. one of those new movies back in the day that was using computer graphics. It wasn't right. just Godzilla that was doing it back in 97 or Congo. It was also American World. And what were the special effects? They bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower? No, the special, I mean, yes, but that, that could have been practical I don't well, know, it's right, but it's the werewolves that were. Yeah, that was so. You know, yeah, the first movie was well known for its Rick Baker practical, and this one was computer generated. Right. Uh, yeah, I also like he had buddies who was an American in Paris, and he was with some bros, you know, and right. uh, they were all like, "Go Mac on her," you know. Wow, Carl. I love this episode. We did it in one breath. There's a lot of great free movies on YouTube. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. We'll be back next Sunday. Driving through. What is what is this? This is called the oil patch. And this is
Boston Brown.
flat. Six point four. Black. Equals big. Plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Girl, and she's got red lips. 
Let's not overdo it. What do you mean overdo it? We want to sing it Now, wait a minute, boys. Yeah, it's pretty. Why can't we sing it Alvin, cut the knob. Wait a
Christmas, and all through the dawn, the scene was deserted, but for old pops and mom, there they sat hung in their big easy chair, goofed on eggnog, sherry, and beer. Sis and little Junior lie snoozing in bed, while visions of Cadillacs dance in their heads. Moms jumped up and said, pops, let's quit it to bed. We can't let Santa dig us with our eyes all red. Then out on the stoop, ooh-wee, such a clatter. Pops split to the porthole to see what was the matter. His heart did the jumps and he fell straight back when his glimmers fell on a red Cadillac. Stashed in front was a cat cool as any with a red beaver hat and a red cashmere benny. His ground pads were suede shoes and his red tweed vine caused heavy dues. He wore a red on red shirt and a white mink tie. Some crazy rim glasses that covered one eye. Old Pop's peepers grew large, round, and white as he dug this crazy vista on Christmas Eve night. The cat leaped from his shark and he laid down his sack. He began wailing like mad, the cool Applejack. to the rooftops, the cat light flew, and the cat in red followed on through. Pops was wigged behind this crazy scene, and before he was straight, down came the cat, right through the chimney grate. A bag 
little jive he had on his back as he stood digging pops who was blowing his stack. His eyeballs were hid by some cold black shades. When pops dug this action, he knew this cat was made. A king-sized cigarette hung from his chops as he eased up close and sounded on pops. I'm the bebop Santa from the cool North Pole, and I've been down since the days of old. I'm known all over from here to eternity, and a stud's mighty square if he don't dig me. So cast our peepers into my righteous bag and see what insane object I shall lay on thee. Here's a record by Dez, cut when he was two, a real boss arrangement of Ooyah Koo. For mom's a mink outfit, Chanel 